Welcome to the third episode of the Fully Charged Cast. I am your host, Matthew, and I am here with my co-host, Joseph, Brent, and Frank. What up? What up? How you guys doing? Doing all right. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to ready to talk shop. Yeah, I'm I'm doing fantastic. (laughs) Exciting night. Exciting things happening. It is. It has been a pretty exciting night so far. So we have a few things that we want to talk about, and we're going to start our conversation off with uh, Joe taking the reins. He's going to talk about Quake Quake Arena. Is that what it's called? Uh, Quake Champions. Quake Champions. So, yeah, take it away. Yeah, so there's a, a new game that um, that's going to be coming out soon. It's actually in closed beta at the moment. It's uh, Quake Champions. Uh, it's pretty much just like Quake Arena or Quake 3 Arena, if you know what that is. It's uh, a first-person pers- first shooter arena shooter where you kind of go around, pick up weapons, and then you kind of either do deathmatch, team deathmatch, or uh, other types of modes that do exist. There's been modifications and whatnot. Um, honestly, it's a game that I've always loved. It's like a kind of a fast-paced shooter. It's pretty exciting when you have like a group of people that are good at it or even bad. It's just, it's just good fun. And, um, you know, Quake Champions is in closed beta, like I've said, and it's going to be free to play when it does launch. So if you do have a computer that can run Quake uh, 3 or Quake Live, actually, um, you should be able to play this game. Um, so far, I've liked it. And, I mean, I would say it's a little bit slower than, let's say, Quake Live. But at the same time, it kind of feels better because it has better graphics and it just plays a little bit more smooth than you know, like the older Quakes do. But, I mean, I think we can open up a little bit about this Quake in general. Like, what are you guys' impressions about Quake? Yeah, I, I, I and if you guys don't mind me jumping in right away, I, I'm actually excited about Quake Champions because I, I, I and, and Joe, you can attest to this, you and I used to play Quake, like, all the time when we were super young, yeah. <laughs> which was probably not the most appropriate, but uh, that... I've always had a soft spot for Quake. It's this. It's exactly like you say. Quake is such an old school kind of mentality when it comes to first person shooters. It's 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 fast. It's it's a twitch shooter. You're you're not doing iron sights. And and Quake Champions, from my impressions, now I've not actually played it, and I'm glad to hear that you have. I'm I'm really ready to pick your brain on that sort of stuff. Um, just it, it gives that. It, it harkens back to that old kind of like coming of age of first person shooters back when they were still PC games, when it was doom and quake and Wolfenstein. Um, so like, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, that that's kind of, that's kind of what they're going for here, right? Like the modern twist is, is champions is kind of that overwatch hero class kind of shooter, but it's still at its core is quake. Uh, correct. So there will be some loot boxes that you can open up. You can get collectibles, oh. like skins, that sort of thing. So kind of like Overwatch. And also there are different classes as well. So they kind of play off Overwatch in that kind of front. But that's also the MOBA scene, which are like um, real-time strategy games and stuff like that. Like you can pick certain classes that you can use that have different benefits. Um, I know the one I like using the most is Advisor. He actually has like a uh, almost like a wall hack for his special ability, so you can see through the walls and see where people are for like a few seconds. That's the one I like using. It's not really that useful, but I mean, it gives you a little bit of edge if you're a- actually good at aiming. Um, it doesn't really help you get kills though sometimes. But but yeah, I mean, they also have a 
champion that can like drop like a thing that can heal their teammates, but also when it also uh, gets ran over by like an enemy, it actually kills them. So I mean, it's it's definitely a different take than just a regular quake game. So there's like some new elements to it, and I mean the abilities aren't super overpowered, but they're just like small things that can you know change your playstyle a little bit. Yeah, and that's 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 what I that's what I like about it is just, um, you know, I going back to Quake Three Arena like you were talking about earlier. Um, the mode that I played the most was was uh, what was that freeze tag mode? Did you play that at all? Yeah, I played that all the time. It was a great mode. I mean, it still exists in Quake Live. Um, the thing is with Quake Champions, they don't know if modifications are going to be allowed yet, just because it's going to be free to play. So it's a little bit different. Um, it's not the same as like buying a game and being able to mod it. So we'll see how that works. But you know, I'm hoping that freeze tag will be introduced in some capacity. So Joe, how do you feel about the free-to-play model for a game like this? Um, I think it's a good model, especially when it comes to like a first-person shooter, because you're not actually required to spend any money to just play the shooter itself. And then you can also get coins to unlock things. However, they haven't really announced how you get the characters, so you might have to pay for them, which I'm not opposed to that as long as it doesn't go to like an outrageous price. Um, but again, you know, we'll we'll see what they do for the model, and I don't think it's a bad idea, but it'll get more people to install it and try it out and play it. And I think it, with a name like Quake, um, I think they should be able to do pretty well. So why don't we, now that you've talked about the new upcoming game a little bit, why don't we um, dig into the past? What kind of a what kind of legacy has Quake left on the first-person shooter genre since it was first released? Uh, so I would say Quake has left uh, a great uh, image of like what a first-person shooter should be. I mean, it's fast-paced. It includes all kinds of different ways that you can play, and also introduced like the first like 3D first-person shooter where you could actually like run around things. Like it wasn't like Doom where you know if you ran past the enemy, it was still facing you no matter what. Like, they, they, Quake was the first one where you could actually be behind an enemy and they're facing the other way. And so that was something that was revolutionary when it first came out. And then it also sparked competitive, uh, competition with Quake 2. Uh, there was, like, a Champions... Uh, well, sorry, it was a Cyber Athletic Professional League. They started doing 1v1s on there, so you could do duels and actually go up in rank and be in tournaments. And there's also QuakeCon that came up with Quake as well. That's held in Texas. Um every year where they do like a big bring your own computer land and people just show off like the quake skills they also do play other games too like last year actually the most played game was overwatch so but yeah i mean i think the quake community in general has always been embraced of first person shooters that community is much older now but they also have money so again free to play could actually work out well for them neat yeah, it the the DNA of uh, and it's so funny that you mentioned Overwatch is the most played game at QuakeCon because the DNA of Overwatch is all over Quake Champions. You know, the 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 free to play model, while that doesn't mirror Overwatch, the loot boxes, the um, microtransactions where you can buy loot boxes, the the fact that this is a hero shooter where each of the characters has some kind of unique ability, um, the kind of because now, now correct me if I'm wrong. Is is there just a straight up death match where it's everyone versus everyone? Yes, so that does exist. So there is a free for all death okay. match. There is team death match. Uh, they actually introduced a new mode called uh, sacrifice, which is pretty much like 
captured a point or captured a flag, if you will, but it's a little bit different. It has another different twist to it, where you like collect a soul, you bring it to a point, and then you have to guard the point. And then the other team has to try to come and steal that soul and bring it to their point and then protect it. So it's like kind of like capture a flag, but it's a little bit okay. more... Uh, it sounds more complicated, but it's really not. It's pretty easy to get the grasp of it. But and it's a little bit more team play, which I've had fun playing. Yeah, so, and, and, and that's that, that's kind of where I'm going with that. So, like, you've got how Overwatch... or Well, so you talk about the legacy, Matt, of... of Quake and Quake is one of the now correct uh, is one of the first first person shooters to really do competitive online in some in some fashion. Yep. Um, that's what I'm reading. Yeah. So, yeah, and and that's where you, you go from Quake and how it kind of establishes what online first person shooters are, and that genre continues to grow and finds its way. You know tendrils of what quake was made its way into a game like overwatch and then you see overwatch take that formula kind of turn it on its head create this huge new thing and now overwatch is, er, is giving back to quake it's 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 kind of fun watching the cycle as one feeds into another which feeds into another which ultimately goes back to quake at the beginning of it yeah i mean technically quake kind of started the whole class thing to begin with because team fortress classic was originally a modification for quake so it kind of started the whole thing, and Overwatch is almost a playoff of Team Fortress Classic, or Team Fortress 2. So, I mean, you could just look at it that way. So I guess I guess that goes back to my question that I was going to ask if people or anybody in our audience wasn't super familiar with Quake. Um, what game would could you look at today, and you could see as having the most influenced by Quake? And I think. Overwatch is the answer we're going to go with, the game that's been most influenced by Quake. I mean, you could say Overwatch. You could also say Unreal Tournament as well, or the Unreal series, but they came out around the same time, and they were kind of competitors. Um, that was a little bit of a slower-paced game, but it had different types of movement, movement that made it a little bit different. Um, but overall, um, I would say Quake kind of paved the path for a arena shooter, and then Unreal Tournament kind of came in as well at the same time. And and one game I would also say shows a lot of influence from uh, from Quake in the way that it was built would be something like a um, like a Call of Duty or Halo. Like I, I know a lot of those were were initially based on on more of a, uh, a a story campaign, but a lot of what made something like Halo great was its multiplayer and its kind of bring your Xboxes together, let's play multiplayer. And even the way that the the combat was in those games, it was um, a little bit faster. There wasn't iron sights. It, it, it's, um, you know, point and, point and shoot. You find guns throughout the map. Yeah. Uh, things like th- things like Halo definitely, I would say, borrowed a lot from, from Quake. Yeah. But again, I would just say, like, if you want, like, a recent, like, example, I think Overwatch is a good example. Just, again, there's no iron sights. You don't really have to zoom in as much. You know that kind of thing. So like anything that's like more of a hip fire shooter is kind of come from coming from Quake. I mean, you could even say probably like a game like Half Life or Counter Strike. Um, those are both games that are kind of originating from like how Quake was played. So I, I I guess you could say they're kind of like them as well. I mean, Half Life the original one is built off of the Quake uh, engine. Hmm. So it's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the new Doom tried to bring back that Quake style, uh, 
in the multiplayer. Oh, yeah, good but point. It, it was a little slow by comparison, but it tried. Yeah, Doom um, was trying to capitalize on that and try to get back to the whole arena thing where you pick up life, pick up weapons, and, you know, it was not as well received, but it was a good... The, the it was single player was... Single player was excellent, but yeah, yeah. the multiplayer just yeah, dropped the ball. Should have been so much better. Well, and I think that makes a case for where those types of games can continue to exist. Because I feel, I, I feel like over the course as console generations grew, grew, we got further and further away from that. Even in the PS3 era, there were games like, uh, like Haze, uh, way callbacks, like things like Haze that that kind of had that same mentality. But as things like Call of Duty got more and more popular, a lot of developers tried to capture that same Call of Duty magic and kind of left the the frenetic, fast-paced, um, pick-things-up-as-you-go sort of, sort of combat. So it's cool to see games like Doom recapture that spotlight and, and, and Overwatch is, is, is capitalizing and now Quake Champions is on the coattails as well. Like that, That's a genre that I, I always had a lot of fun with back at back in those days so I, I it's just cool to see that come back yeah i'm pretty excited about it as well well that's good i hope the finished product is uh is as good as the beta is treating you right now joe yep and yep. so if anyone hasn't played yet you can still sign up online for the closed beta on um beth how, how do you say their name uh beth uh Bethesda. Bethesda. Oh, Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah. Yes. I've actually never had to say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair. Yeah. So I've never had to say it, but you can check out, go on their website, and you can still sign up for the beta. Um, and they should be running one this weekend. Um, they've been only doing it on the weekends. So. Okay. And out of curiosity, uh, Joe, and this is just an honest question because I'm not sure. Did you have any plans on streaming that at all? I was about. To, I was read my mind, Brent. Yes. <laughs> Stream us some Quake, Joe. So, I actually, I really want to see it. That's why I asked. So yeah, I can. Um, this weekend, I might be able to do it. Again, I think there's a beta coming up this weekend, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So you know, we can definitely post something on our website and you know let our let everyone know. I like it. Let's do it. Sounds great. Yeah, and for those of you who haven't uh, found this out yet, uh, Twitch.tv/slash Batteries Fully Charged. Uh, we will be doing intermittent streams on there. So. Uh, give us a follow if you want to check us out. Yeah, we did an injustice too one the other day, and we'll do more. Yeah, we uh, tested oh, it out, sure. and um, it seemed like it went well. Unfortunately, it did not record the VOD, so we'll fix that. So, but yeah, <laughs> no worries. So on to on to the next topic. I'm sure this is this is the one I will be talking the most on. But I had an X-wing tournament last weekend that I just wanted to talk about a little bit yeah that's awesome if there's any objections so, no no absolutely i i'm actually really interested i was in a my local game shop the other day and just kind of happened to be walking by the x-wing stuff and i'm like man matt's been talking a lot about this and i i, I watched that live stream and this looks like a lot of fun so i, I i'm my interest has peaked and now i'm starting to poke around so you i don't know you, you're 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 swinging me over to the dark side, as it were. Yeah. So I had I had a I had a championship, uh, not a stand, not a championship. Sorry, a star championship season. It was just a it was a pre star championship tournament at uh, my local game store, Pandemonium, in Garden City. 
and it was organized by one of my friends, Andrew. Uh, shout out to Andrew for being a great TO. And yeah, the 16 people I did not do as well as I could have done. I <laughs> That's a bummer. It was. I started out. I started out doing really well. I I went up against the uh, the world's winning list, the two jump masters, and I, as soon as I started playing, I knew it was going to be a tough fight with my uh, with my three aces, my imperial aces. I knew it was going to be a tough fight because there's there's just a lot of health to eat through, and those things hit like a truck. And I, my list relies a lot on green dice, and those green dice love to fail you. But I I, I pulled it off. I I beat. I beat his list, and I was on. I was on a high after that. And then I, the next guy I played, Ed, he ran two T70s. Those are the X wings from the Force Awakens, and then two Z95s. I tabled him. Tabled is when I, uh, I kill everything in his list, and I still have all my stuff. So I beat him a hundred to zero, okay. and I was like top Jeez. of the world. Top of the world. I went. I went to the top table. I was in the top four. And then my friend, I don't know if we're friends anymore after that loss, but he <laughs> he tabled me yeah, with his is. he tabled me with his Ketsu Bosklis, which is like a hard counter to my list because he can he can tractor beam me, which when you get tractor beamed, your agility goes down by one, which like I said, I need those green dice. And he can boost or barrel roll me wherever he wants to, so he can just like barrel roll me onto a rock. And then that means I can't shoot, and it's just not fun. He he destroyed me with his list. And then the second game, I'm like, I can salvage my MOV. If I table this guy, I probably have a good chance of maybe not being in the top four, but I'll be at least in the top top six. No, 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 that did not happen. He he tabled me <laughs> on a list that I've I've beaten. I've beaten this list so many times before. I just. I don't know what happens. I just I just crapped the bed and then I, I like I got tabled again. I was like I was just super demoralized. But then you know I was talking to Frank a little bit about about being demoralized, and then it's you know it's just it's just plastic ships on a board. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but, at, but at the end of the day, that's what it yeah. is. But I want to do good. Yeah. You can say that about no. Anything, I, I I yeah. That that's I, I I'm a hundred percent behind you. Like. Yes, it's easy to be demoralized. Like that sucks. I got you know. I you you rode the high all the way to like you say you were on the top table there at one point, and and then to just get like knocked down. Like I I can have a a bad round of Overwatch out of the hundreds of rounds of Overwatch in my life I've played, and that'll still be enough to to kind of tilt me a little bit. Like. One competitive Overwatch match where I think I'm going to win, and I suddenly start losing or something. That like, I'm a hundred percent behind you on being tilted because that that happens. Yeah, that happens I, to everybody. Yeah, to me quite a bit. <laughs> but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. the, like I said, at the end of the day, it's just a game. Came home, everyone was still here. My wife still loves me. <laughs> I I mean, are, are you sure? Yeah, I mean, after after those losses, I wouldn't blame her if she did. <laughs> Did, you did, did get tabled, so I mean, there's a good chance she she's left you. Did he? Uh, did she go for your arrival? I mean, are, are you are you worried? No, she was actually out of town, so I didn't have. I just came home and shame all by myself all night, so oh. it was fine. Well, it's because she didn't know. <laughs> well, there you can. You, know. you can drink your worries away. That, yeah, 
So yeah, that that was fun, and we're uh, we're in store champion season championship season now. Now that Worlds is over with, we have our store championship season, which I'm excited to. I'm going to try and go to as many of those as possible. My uh, my store Pandemonium originally they weren't going to have a store championship, but uh, my uh, my friend Andrew was able to. Uh, I don't want to say huffle, hustle FFG for a store championship kit, but he pretty much did hustle FFG for a store championship kit. So we're having a store championship <laughs> at Pandemonium now. Nice. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Now I I, I have a question, just sure. kind of based on on the the matches that you had played leading up here. Now you say that you've played these matches. You played against this hard counter. Now uh, I, a lot of my experience comes from something like Magic: The Gathering, where you have the ability between matches to alter your deck a little bit. Now is that something you can do with X-wing, like? If you know you're about to go up against this, uh, you, you call them lists, you're going up against list A, and and you know you've got somebody coming at you that's like a hard counter to what you're doing, do you have the ability to alter your your list at all? Or like once you enter, that's what you have? Yeah, no, I wish I could change my list, but nope. Yeah, I, I go in there, and I, I'm running that all day. That's what I'm going to run for four to six matches all day okay so so what was your, gonna... what, i'm sorry no go ahead joe so what was your overall place for this tournament i don't know if you've said that uh, i got 10th out of 16 okay not bad uh yeah it's it's the worst i've done in a while but okay. i mean i can only go up from <laughs> here so for sure i mean that's so yeah, and, and that's... Those things you know just to get a little bit better mm-hmm that, that's the other question, too, is like going up against some of these, um, you know, you said there's matches that you played against a certain list that you normally table, you usually tear right through them. Now, seeing them beat you, does that give you further insight into ways you can play against that particular list? So that way, you know, let's say you go up for the actual store championship since it's that season now, um, that you have a different approach that you're going to take. Like I, I, I guess the meta behind X-Wing now that I'm starting to understand the game a little bit better is becoming more interesting to me. Yeah. So there's that, that, that Ray, I went up against the, um, Ray and Nora Ray from the force awakens in the millennium Falcon. And I went up against Nora Wexley, which is, she's in an arc One Seventy, which is, I don't know if you guys remember, but it's that, uh, it was the ship in Revenge of the Sith that um, at the very beginning where the S-foils come up that comes behind Anakin and Obi-Wan. The very beginning of Revenge of the Sith. God, I, and gets blown I don't know up. that I've watched Revenge of the yeah, Sith. They get blown up. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of retconned into X-Wing that the Rebellion has found some and used them. It, it's a good ship. It's a, it's a really good Rebel ship. It's one of the best ships they have right now. And I've, I've played against that list before because, man, Ray hits like a truck. And I, the the good thing about that list is, even though it's two ships, like trying to find having target priority, is difficult because Nora has a regen with R two D two, so anytime she does a green maneuver, she gets a shield back. So you pretty much need to consistently at least be pumping through two to three damage on her, a turn in order so that way because if you just do one damage every turn, she's gonna do a green maneuver, get her shield back. But if you focus on Nora, then Ray comes in with her ability, which her ability, if you're if you're inside her firing arc, she gets to 
re-roll two of her blank dices, and she has Finn as a crew member on there, which Finn, as his ability as a crew member, he adds a blank dice when you do when you roll for attack. So Finn and Ray together, who would have thought they work really well together on a ship? Yeah. So, like, Ray's coming at you, hitting like a truck, has all these dice modifications, so you want to attack Ray, but on the flip side, Nora... Also, with her ability, she hits like a truck. So the target priority there is keeping keeping me saying like, okay, so I went for Nora first. I I still think that was the best option because of the regen, but then I just Ray comes in behind me and just boom blows up blows up all my ships. So it's a really good list. The guy, the Ray Nora guy, ended up winning the tournament. He he flew it really well. I I can't be upset about it. I just I should have flown better. Get good was is what I should have done. <laughs> Yeah, well. That's always a good saying is get good. Get good, scrub. Because that's what it always comes down to. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, Yep. obviously. All right, so I think that's it for... I would I would like to like do these. I probably won't talk as much as uh, as I did today, but uh, like a little X-Wing battle reports um, now that Star Championship season is going on. So. Yes, I'm looking forward to the next yeah, one. Yeah, no, I th- that's... Yeah, no, I, I, I actually like it just ha- hearing you paint the the story of of what happened and what you went against and how like that. I I could listen to that personally, but that's that's me. I I, I listen to podcasts. That's what I do. Yeah, no, I just yeah, I don't want to. Brett actually does that for a living. He just sits in a room and listens to podcasts. That's the life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So Lots our next, our next, our next topic here is. Going in a bit, a little bit of a different direction. Um, it was actually you, Brent. You're the one who brought this up to us, but uh, I like this topic idea. I'm really excited to talk about it and see what everybody's idea is. But we're going to talk about Netflix and how it is changing the television landscape. So, Brent, yeah, you're, you're um, the one who brought this up. So, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off? Yeah, let me let me set the table for all of you, as it were. So, th- this kind of popped into my head today. I was watching. Um, there, today for whatever reason, there were two or three big trailers that dropped, and and I started watching these, and it just got me thinking. So the first one was uh, the Castlevania trailer, that's uh, coming up on Netflix here pretty soon. What's Castlevania? First of all, it looks awesome. Yeah, can yeah, Castlevania. Uh, yeah, so Castlevania is originally an uh, old school, uh, original Nintendo game. Um, where you are a vampire hunter and you are going to kill Dracula in his in his castle, which is called Castlevania. Um, now this game has been uh, this has had numerous sequels over the years. It's come out for regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, uh, PlayStation. Most notably, the PlayStation. That's probably a, its most widely recognized game with Symphony of the Night. Um, and then there were a bunch of entries on on Nintendo DS. So I mean, it's it's a long running uh, video game franchise at this point. It's 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 well well loved for the most part. Um, so Netflix signed a deal to make a Castlevania anime. So it's it's I I, I don't know who's actually producing it, but it, it's it's an animated Castlevania uh, coming out of Netflix and. When I saw that, it, it got me thinking. Like, a lot of a lot of what Netflix has been doing lately has been changing the way uh, a lot of people traditionally go about TV shows. Now, you know, even as early as probably 
you know, five, six, seven years ago, Netflix was not what it is today. You, you know, like Netflix is now making their shows. It's not just about getting content from other creators and putting it on the internet to stream. It, it it's it's finding original content. And once Netflix started doing it with shows like House, House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, these are two like really big shows that kind of spun out of Netflix. You, you started seeing places like Hulu started getting in on the game and they've been putting out shows and uh, Amazon Prime has been trying to get its own original content. And I, I think that that has made such a big impact that you even have established uh, establishes establishments rather like HBO who it, it should have been very comfortable just doing what they were doing, but even they're starting to kind of test the waters with their subscription based service. So it, it's it, Netflix has kind of forced a lot of, uh, a lot of people's hands with how they create, uh, with how they create shows nowadays. So I, that was just a really, um, I don't know what, what, like, what do you guys think about that? That that's been uh, just kind of on my mind lately. How I I I don't even see a, for me personally, I don't see a use for cable anymore now that I have these different subscriptions. I totally agree. Um, I mean, I honestly don't really subscribe to traditional cable. I do have PlayStation View though, um, but that's like in lieu of you know subscribing to some other stuff. Like I don't subscribe to Hulu. So I have PlayStation View, and then I have Netflix, and then um, also WWE Network. So I mean, I I don't have traditional cable. I don't know about yeah, and Frank, how do you feel about how do you feel about Netflix? Well, it kind of paved the way with streaming services in a way that a lot of people are trying to catch up now. Um, I don't think that. I think that television should stay where it is, but I think cable networks are trying to adapt in ways um, that would benefit them more. A lot of them are moving online or trying to find ways to incentivize getting a cable package. You still can't get live news through pretty much anything unless you get you know, PlayStation View, which is just kind of like a cheaper cable service. I'm a pretty big fan of live news. I don't really want, I can't get that from Netflix, that's for sure. Yeah, and I, I guess I don't mean Netflix is is making traditional cable obsolete, but I think it's giving us new and interesting ways to, to consume TV shows. At like instead of doing the traditional one episode per uh, one episode per week sort of situation, Netflix will will dump a whole season at one time and and make it an event. I think it also helps how cheap Netflix is too. Yeah. Watch oh, absolutely. Yeah, like ten. I think what they just raised their price about six months ago to ten bucks a month. Like we're we're all millennials here, cord cutters. I think I think Frank, you are in the minority as far as millennials go with wanting to get live news, and that's not how people our generation consume news anymore. Not that that's a bad thing or anything. But they generally will just get their news from social media, the internet. So, like, why why would I? I'll use um, Better Call Saul as a example. Like, that's a great show, but why would I spend? If we're gonna do PlayStation View, why would I spend thirty bucks on a PlayStation View subscription when Better Call Saul is gonna be on that? I can just wait a 
six to eight months and just watch on Netflix all at once. Well, technically, I think, then, then I think that's, you're behind then. I mean, I guess that's the thing is like you just don't get it right away. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people. I don't think that's a big issue for some people. I think people are perfectly content waiting for The Walking Dead to get dropped in August and then just waiting a year to watch it again. I guess I'm going to disagree with you on that because that's not. I like to watch it like right away, so I don't like to wait. Oh no, I I I do as well. Like I just <laughs> I just think I think a vast majority of people, if we're going to go by like cable cable subscriptions are going down, and our generation tends to be record cutters. We don't have traditional cable subscriptions so i think a lot of people are either moving towards those like slim down packages like playstation view and other companies are trying to catch on to like slim down streaming cable packages but we're not i'm not why, why would i spend 60 bucks on cable when i can when i have all these other streaming services i need to pay for yeah i agree yeah uh, like i 100% agree with that so if i were to sign up for a cable subscription right now and and granted, a lot of times you're paying fifty, sixty, seventy dollars to get these packages. The things I'm actually getting for that money, because and the things I'm getting on Netflix and Hulu, I, I'm I'm not taking into consideration here because I can get those on Netflix and Hulu. Mm. The things I'm looking at are live sports, which is something. I mean, when when football season rolls around, I, I'm that's something I watch. Uh, and the other thing would be hockey, but and I, I'm kind of a unique case because my my hockey team, the one that I watch, I don't live in that state, so I can sign up for the NHL network and get that same experience. So so really, the only thing I'm paying for is um, Monday Night Raw and Green Bay Packer games. That would that is literally the extent of what I would get out of cable that I can't get elsewhere. And technically, one of those you don't and have you, to pay for cable. Yeah, you absolutely. Go here for uh, your Packer games, just watch it on Fox. It, yeah, exactly. If I can get a strong enough antenna, I don't even need it for that. So it, it just the the value of cable to me just doesn't exist. And I understand um, there are a lot of people, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up too. You you say uh, Matt, you you said that the Millennials are the cord cutters. Millennials are the ones doing this. I, I work. I, I worked at Best Buy full time up until recently, and I can't tell you it's not. It's not just millennials. I mean, uh, I, I can't tell you the number of of forty somethings, fifty somethings, sixty somethings that that are tired of paying these these hyper inflated prices for uh, for content that just doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, I would say that cord cutting is kind of like going across the board at this point. And also, I mean, the only thing that's kind of ironic by all of it, though, is that you still have to pay your cable company usually to get internet. So it's like you're not really cutting the cord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're still paying them to get the internet. So it's like, you know, you kind of are, but you kind of aren't. I can't but, tell you how many I can't tell you how many times I get calls from Comcast being like, hey, do you want to add, uh, do you want to add cable onto this? Like, no, nah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, and that I think if cable wants to really adapt, and I think eventually they're going to have to look into some sort of way. And and I don't know any of the business behind this, and I'm sure it's not this easy. No. But they're going to have to look into something, some kind of uh, like like more of an a la carte way of choosing cable television. Like people, 
and that's the way I look at it too. Like if I could go by cable and get, um, you know, the two or three channels that I need and pay 15 bucks, I'm, I'm right back in. I'll pay $15 a month for the three to five channels I need. But when you start getting into these situations where, uh, again, I, you have to pay a $70 package for 130 channels that I have absolutely no interest in watching. It's just, it, it that doesn't exist. And, and that's that's where things that's where the value of things like Netflix are really shine to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I can agree with that. And I mean, the thing is, like, I used to be a cable subscriber. Like, I used to, you know, watch it all the time. Even when I had I had internet from one provider, and I still had Comcast for TV for like the longest time. But I just kind of decided to cut the cord one day and just started watching Netflix and Hulu. And then PlayStation View came out. So then I didn't last long but <laughs> but you know it did change my style yeah. a little bit and then i'm um, going back to playstation view in that kind of experience like now it's way cheaper than you know going through my cable provider which i don't even have one i mean i get uh fiber through like a local company where i'm at so i don't actually have a cable company yeah playstation view is like really cheap 30 bucks a month and if you don't want anymore you can just be like done and there's no questions asked. They don't like make you try to feel bad or like you know. I think you're gonna kill your firstborn if you disconnect. Just so you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just a better model, like PlayStation View and like even Sling TV and a few mm-hmm. others out there as well. Yep, yeah, I I like I like the way this is the direction that cable is going in the future. Just if you yeah. want if you if you have. And you can just go out and buy the device, like like you said, Sling TV. Not everybody has a PlayStation, but Sling TV. You can just go out, buy the device, or, or Roku or Chromecast, and boom, you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, as long as you have a phone and a Chromecast, you can watch live TV. So, mm-hmm. Frank, do you have anything you want to add to this discussion? Well, I was going to say that one thing Netflix adds that is fairly unique is it'll purchase movies that were either going to be canceled or uh, never. Um, come out or just needed funding like they have uh the death note movie which was in limbo for a long time it's based off a popular anime and manga series in japan um at finally getting uh uh like the u.s version is finally coming out through netflix with willem dafoe playing a prominent role um what else arrested Uh, development arrested development it's brought back a few shows Mm -hmm. there were some shows they've tried to bring back and then there just wasn't enough of uh, interest in them. Like, um, there was uh, Fox's Terra Nova, which I was a fan of because you know dinosaurs. But sadly, that <laughs> fell through. And I think a le- I think a lesser known one was the Killing from AMC. Yeah, they brought they brought that back for another season. Uh, shoot, there's another one. It's just escaping me. But yeah, I think I like the uh, Netflix bringing shows back that were essentially dead and br- breathing some new life into them. I mean, and it, it creates by by it creates by giving a series like that it, it's it's moment of like it's back here's your chance it kind of creates like a like oh, like a zeitgeist around that where everyone starts talking about it you know with uh, Twin Peaks which which company brought Twin Peaks back Showtime is that Hulu Showtime. Oh, Showtime. was that Showtime yeah, okay it's Showtime. on Hulu that's the reason I'm thinking about it but well, you yeah. can get it on, you can get but it on I mean, Hulu if you have Showtime add on yeah it's not Hulu yeah. Okay. Okay, but it's that same idea where you can take risks on things like that, and by 
by kind of appealing to people's or how about Fuller House? I guess that's probably a better um, a better example here in this case, <laughs> which maybe Fuller House didn't hit like some people thought. But what was everybody talking about leading up to the release of Fuller House? Like all of a sudden, everybody and their mom was a Full House fan. Like you wouldn't have known it, but I mean, oh, my whole childhood was Full House, and and all of a sudden, and this saying, is the talk of the town. And, and yeah, that was news. To, <laughs> that was news to me with some of the people I knew. I'm like, really. Yeah. No, like there, I, I, I talked to a closet, lot of yeah. people who were excited about that. Yeah, but yeah, just the the ability to to take a show like that and, like you say, breathe new life into it, but also turn it into an event. It, it, it's almost it, it's it's similar to like big box office movies where they say we're bringing it back, and on this day, go watch the whole series because obviously Netflix binging is a thing now. Netflix um, and chill. Wish people would find a different <laughs> word for. Binging, just call it something else. Binging, it, like yeah, like I, I'll, I'll go with Frank on that one. Binging just makes me sound like a lazy pos. Yeah, I mean it's got a negative connotation, but is, is that an in, is that an inaccurate description? I mean, I people mean, no, sit down and consume no. eight hours of straight media. <laughs> it's not inaccurate. I just don't want to feel bad about myself. <laughs> but yeah, that, that I that just. With all of these shows keep coming out to Netflix, that just, you know, really interested me because I, as it is, I feel like I'm behind on shows. So I, I, I just, I like the way that, the way that we're able to consume media nowadays, and, and we went kind of on a little tangent there with cutting the cord, but I like, I feel like Netflix has has made that a conversation, and and that's, I, I I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I guess. Has anyone been following the Cannes Film Festival in France right now? No, uh, for, for the very first time, there's a Netflix film on there, and the board has already decided that they're not going to allow that next year because there wasn't any firm rule about it because it's it's against the tradition of it, I suppose. Or at least that's what I've been reading. What was it? Was it a War Machine? I don't know what it was. Hmm. Um, man, I was just hearing about this on NPR today, but I really I can't remember. So... Um, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but um, why why won't Netflix movies be at Cannes next year? Because they're not produced and they're not the- theatrically released, so it's not considered true films or cinema by the Cannes committee. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that makes I, sense. I feel like they're not going to be able to well, stop that for long. Criteria. I mean, I mean, it I, might change later, but it, it, to be fair, I'm a pretty big cinemaphile, and while I like Netflix. I do find it, even if a movie's quality, it's still cheap entertainment. There's something to be said about going to a theater and getting that kind of entertainment instead. Which I 100% agree with. I The, the experience of going to a theater, I, I'm a huge fan of. But ultimately, I, I, I feel like it has to be based on the merits of the movie, not where it's released. Well, I mean, but I, it's I Cans, agree with though. Cans is not... It, then that, that criteria, then TV movies need to be considered too, and they aren't. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Cans on this one. Is that I mean, the thing is, it costs a lot of money to do a theatrical release, whereas Netflix they can kind of get away with some things and not have to do like all the promotion for it. And the thing is, too, in Cans and also those types of things, you have to set in all kinds of like promotional stuff and all kinds of other things that are related to that on top of you know also releasing on theaters. So I mean. Netflix has it, easy, has it easy compared to the other ones. So. It's it's a sticky wicket to be certain, but it's uh, 
it is a controversy worth talking about. Yeah, and um, no, it, as much as I would love to talk about this today, we're uh, I feel like we're kind of getting off track a little bit, but I think this no, is that's a, fair. This is a conversation we can table for another time because I would I would love to get into this later. Brent, would you like to, while we're thinking about it, maybe write a short feature about Netflix and what it's done for things? Yeah. Yeah, I could probably jot down some of my thoughts, post that up on the site later. Cool. So moving on to topic, our last topic, which is going to be a big one. We're going to talk about the upcoming line of the big movies that are coming out this summer. Oh summer blockbusters. Summer blockbuster season half started two weeks ago with everybody's favorite space superheroes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Mm. And that movie has made a lot of money. So in what, what in 19 days, it has made $308 million. Wow. So what is the premise of the movie? Uh, just so for the people that don't really know much about Guardians of the Guardians, Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 follows up on the adventures of Star-Lord and his gang of misfits in the galaxy. And it fits into the Marvel, Marvel universe. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Matt's being very sarcastic, but it's in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. It is. Uh, it, the first movie was critically and... Um, commercially. Uh, successful. Commercially successful. Yeah. Um, right. And this is standing to reason that it's just the same way. Not seen it yet myself. Um, but not it, either. Has anybody... I haven't seen either yet. Brent, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, how was it? I thought it was a lot of fun. Obviously, I won't get into anything that could be considered spoiler territory, but um, it, it... You know, it the, the first movie, in, in the way a lot of movies are, the first movie is about getting the gang together. The second movie is about expanding on each of their individual characters, and that's a large part of, of the story that they're telling in the second movie. Um, I, it was a lot of fun. You know, it, it, it still has a lot of that, uh, you know, the, the thing that Guardians, the first Guardians movie capitalized on was that kind of popcorn Star Wars kind of sci-fi. And, and, and this uh, this movie is a, is a good follow-up to that. I, I, I'm not willing to say I like it more or less I, than the first movie. It's kind of hard because I, I have a you know a large love for the first movie, so I, I I would need to see it again before I'm willing to make any sort of judgment like that. But it's definitely as good as the first one, at least. Okay, and then the week after that, we had the first box office dud of the year: King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, which I don't think King Arthur really needs to be elaborated on. It had. Um, I say his name, Charlie Hunan as King Arthur and Jude Law as the guy who has King Arthur's throne. And apparently nobody else like knew it was coming out because it made almost no money. It's a it's a getting critically uh good reviews though. It's a guy Ritchie film. Um and people are critics have been surprised with uh the fact that it's actually not a terrible film, although it has all the makings of one. So, like, what was the reason why this one could be a dud? Was it maybe promotion was up, or like maybe they're targeting the wrong people? Or I don't. It didn't don't... get a. It didn't get a great marketing campaign. Okay. Yeah. Because honestly, I didn't even hear about it until like we put up this list. So like. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Like, and I 
Like, I'd, I'd heard that it was getting made a while ago, and then I just kind of forgot about it. And then it's like, oh, hey, this is coming out this weekend. I'm like, oh, I, I guess this is coming out this weekend. And I feel like I, I, I should have went to see it, and I didn't. Um, in, in terms of marketing, didn't that didn't they run trailers for that movie before a couple of pretty large movies this last year? I, I, I felt like maybe even before Star Wars there was a trailer for this. I'm sure there were. I, I personally didn't see anything for it. Because I, I know I saw trailers for this movie leading up to it, and I thought it looked interesting. I know, you know what? It was before Star Wars. I know this for a fact. I remember talking with the person I was uh, with for that movie, and um, both of us kind of saying, like, man, that actually looks like it could be good. Before but Rogue I, One? I don't know. Yeah, before Rogue One. I don't, think, I don't think we saw this trailer before Rogue One, did we, Frank? I don't recall, no. I don't I'm almost think I positive saw, I, did, I did. I'm, I don't think I saw a trailer until fairly close to release. Same. I, I know I saw trailers. That that could be a difference in theaters, maybe, for some reason. I'm, I'm sure. But but yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw trailers, and I, I, I didn't see much, like, in print or talked about elsewhere, though. Like, maybe they didn't target uh, any any online personalities, because that's where I consume a lot of my media from. So, I mean, maybe, perhaps that's why, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a bummer, because I, I don't have a problem against any of the people involved in the movie, but... You're always going to have your duds in the summer, and we got our first victim. Yeah, I mean, that's where the summer is for. I mean, you're not going to... That's when movies don't usually do the best, so we'll see. Yep. So last weekend, we had Ridley Scott return to the Alien universe again in Alien Covenant, and I went and saw this movie. I don't think any of... Did any of you guys see that movie as well? I wouldn't have seen it with you, but you couldn't wait. I, you, know, <laughs> I, you know what? Yeah, I, had I, the day to, I had the day to myself. I was at home all by myself on Friday, and I'm just like, I'm going to go see Alien. Brief aside, does anybody else go see movies by themselves regularly? I no. mean, I'm, I'm probably going to start. So it's it's the it's awesome. I love it. I don't have just a just, throw, it. just throwing that out there. I've I've had a lot of fun. Just like it's a little me time, you know. So Alien Alien Covenant, I went and saw this movie. Well, what did you What did you think? I mean, I, I I've not seen it. and I really want to. It's a movie. A I, glowing review. <laughs> I, That's amazing. I personally didn't. I didn't like it that much. No. No. I I tried to. I really wanted to, and I thought maybe I was just being cynical after my first impression. Like my first impression was, ah, oh, this movie was all right. And then I, the more I sat on it, the more I thought about it, I was just like. Eh, no, it didn't do it. It didn't do it for me. And there's there's things I want to talk about the movie, but I, I can't I can't describe what I didn't like about it without getting into heavy spoiler territory. So we'll just leave it at I didn't personally care for it and was disappointed. That's unfortunate. Okay, but but I, I uh, not to de, uh, change the topic, but aren't we talking about you know potential successes and commercially and yes yes we were just getting. We were just getting caught up on what has happened the last three weeks. And Alien, so far, is looking like, with, with Pirates coming out next week, I don't think Alien's going to do as well as Prometheus did financially. I don't know if it's been released in China yet, but not that's a big market, so we'll see, and, we'll and see how Alien does. Yeah, that's always, the, that's always the golden nugget. You look at things like... Um, um, 
Pacific Rim that uh, in the states really didn't do that well. Didn't, which is a shame because that movie was fantastic. Blew up um, and they loved it over in China. Oh my god, yeah, over in China that that was that was the movie. Like that that movie made bank over in China. That's they're making a second one based solely on the fact that that it did so well in China. So I I mean, yep. it, I mean you, you thing, got to big market. Yeah, the same thing happened with Warcraft as well. I mean, it bombed here, yeah. and then just went, went insane in China, and now they're going to be making, I think, two more based off that. So, Yeah, I mean, you really have to give a lot of thought to the Chinese market when you're making these movies now. It's it's not just in the U.S. anymore. you got to be thinking globally where you're making money. Yep, which table that discussion for another episode. Absolutely. So tomorrow, uh, May 25th, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, we're getting a Baywatch reboot. Baywatch oh, reboot. Yes. Starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Zac Efron doing Baywatch things. Nice. This movie looks like it is, not only does it look bad, it also looks like it is just not going to do well financially. It's trying it's- to go off the nostalgia of a 90s television show known for its campiness by being pretending to be aware of its campiness while being grown inducingly bad. Well, like, the prop that's isn't that the problem though because that's what made 90s shows so charming is that they didn't actually like address that they were campy. I know, and that's yeah. okay. That's <laughs> yeah. what made it work. I'm saying that this movie is trying to be so self-aware that it it doesn't understand what it's trying to be. It yeah. doesn't work. It doesn't work for Baywatch. No, it doesn't. Like, because like there, Baywatch was things. trying to tell a semi-serious story that just happened to have Pam Anderson in it, running in a bikini. Yep. yep. Now, but you, but you don't ha- you don't have that. Off. You don't have that. You just and had the, the rock. Yep. You just had the rock with his shirt off, which I mean. Well, but it's not even going for that. It's 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 trying to be this weird, awkward sex comedy, and it's I don't know. I'm I'm gonna play contrarian to this one just a little <laughs> bit. That's fine. I feel like Baywatch has potential to make money. Now, no, I'm oh, not going to say it's going to topple Guardians. Money, but it's not going to topple Guardians, exactly. No, I, I, I don't think it's going to be the movie. But I, I think people are going to, to go – it's got star power. It's got the nostalgia factor. It's coming out – I mean, it's coming out around Pirates, which I, I don't think Pirates holds the same sway it once did. I think I – think, but Pirates is going to do well – it's it, Pirate, movies Pirates will do well. It will, it will do better because, I mean, Pirates is a little dark, but you can take your kids to go see this. Baywatch is rated R. It's also going to be doing the holiday, too. So Pirates yeah, it's holiday weekend. Well. Pirates is going to do... I mean, Baywatch is rated R. That pretty much gets a huge... Cuts a huge amount of your audience off. I think on this list we have... I think it's... There's only like three R-rated movies on this list. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, there is, isn't there? But yeah, I, 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 I again, I, I'm not saying that that Baywatch is the secret dark horse winner of of the hall of the summer blockbuster season. But I think it's going to do better than a lot of people give it credit for, just because it's got the star power, it's got the nostalgia attached to it. I don't know, man. Green Lantern <laughs> had uh, Ryan Reynolds in, and it was still an atrocious piece of garbage. Yep. Star power doesn't mean as much as you might think it does. Not anymore. Not with younger, not with younger crowds. If it has Will Smith, it'll do all right. But if it doesn't have Will Smith, I'm sorry, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, we have, thankfully, like, I am, I'm, hopefully, this is the last Pirates movie that we get 
We have Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which I I think this movie. What I haven't seen any reviews for this movie critically yet, but commercially, I think it's going to do. This movie is going to do very well, both domestically and internationally. I mean, Pirates are always like a fun movie. I mean, I've always yeah. enjoyed watching them. It doesn't mean they're good, but they're always fun, and I think they'll play well with the people they're, who watch them. They're not dumb movies, which is something that I really appreciate. They're they're they have some weird plot choices, but they're not offensively stupid. A lot of movies now feel like if it's a summer movie, it means it has to be pandering and dumb and not make any sense. Just because something's a summer movie doesn't mean it has to be stupid. And I feel like those movies have been clever enough, even if they do get a little convoluted, where I think it'll be okay. For sure. Yeah, I, I, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun. You know, I'll, I'll go see it. Um, it's, I, I don't know. The, my excitement level for pirates couldn't be any lower at this point. I guess it's, and, and well, it, it kind of pains me to say. It could be if you're gonna go see it, Brent. That doesn't. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean. Yeah, I guess you're right. I but I if didn't. If you were truly not excited, one. you wouldn't see it at all. It's like I'm not when really say, excited, but I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. When I say, <laughs> when I say I'm gonna go see it, like I, I say I'm gonna go see a lot of things. Whether or not I actually do is is the big question. I said I was gonna go see Logan, and unfortunately I didn't. But that came out on Blu-ray like three weeks later, so I can just go watch it now. But I, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I don't know. Pirates like. It's a very apathetic. I'll go watch it. Like, I don't. I. I just. I. I'm not drawn to it like I used to be. I guess that that's kind of where I'm going with them. No, pirates. Pirates had its moment to shine, and that that moment has long since been gone. Yeah. So pirates, it's going to do well this weekend, regardless. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And next weekend. We have the fourth installment in the DC Cinematic Universe. Hmm. Hopefully we can finally get a, a DC movie that's good. Well, I suppose that early buzz is positive, but early yes. buzz for Batman Superman was also positive. So we have Wonder Woman. It's coming out June 2nd. The Wonder Woman. The Wonder Woman. How, how are we feeling about Wonder Woman? I'm sure I think it's fine. I, I think it it'll do well. It'll make money. For it'll sure. make money. Yeah. They make money. They yeah, I mean, all of those movies have made money. It's just people's How's, apathy towards them how, is start, how, yeah, how, starting to add up. How are the fans going to take this movie? I mean, if they're actually true fans of Wonder Woman, honestly, I'm not in tune with the universe enough to know um, if it's going to be a good indication of if they're you know loyal to her story or not. So, I mean, I think we'll see. I liked the way Wonder Woman was portrayed in Batman v Superman. For what it's worth, I, I I thought she was an interesting character. You know, they kept her kind of secret That's until fair. the end when they, well, not secret, but like obviously that was Wonder Woman. But they didn't kind of unchain her until the end, and then it was cool to see her standing there with 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 the other two. Um, the only the only I I don't know who the villain is going to be in this, and it, it's it. it it seems like they're kind of doing like a Captain America from the first Captain America movie. Like well, this is taking place back in World War One, and 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 that seems a little strange to me. It's a if you know the comics, it's not. I it makes sense. It's it's just a 
I don't know. It, it's me not being a Wonder Woman fan may be a part of that, but I, I think a, a lot of a lot of the more casual moviegoers, even people who are who may enjoy the character of Wonder Woman, may not understand those roots as well. I, I think I, I think I'm probably more representative uh, of the people well, that are going to go that see. Is that what this movie is for? By going back in time? Yeah, it's to kind of set the. It's to kind of get you up speed up. on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, and I won't disagree with that. I just um. I I I wonder if people if if that may turn people off to an extent because they want something that's that's more. Modern, I guess. Well, they'll get that in November with Justice League. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like people freaking love Captain America, and his movie started the same way. Yeah, I I don't. don't Wonder Woman actually was invented before Captain America, so I don't know, man. I don't. I guess I'm not seeing the logic there. Yeah, I don't think the second will dissuade people from seeing it. It's it's got Wonder Woman, Chris Pine. I, I think it'll do good. Yeah, I and so. I think it'll do well. I mean, that that I have no doubt. Um, I don't think we're going to see Batman v Superman numbers, though. Obviously, no. no. I, I'm just. I, I guess my wonder again was just how people are going to feel walking away from it. We can find out in two weeks. <laughs> two and then weeks, we can, and then we can talk about it here on the fully charged cast. So. So June 9th, we have, wait for it, guys. We have the first installment in the Dark Universe Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Because we all need cinematic universes now. We have The Mummy, which is a reboot of The Mummy from, Frank, help me out. When did The the original Mummy come out? 30s? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Long time ago. Talking like the Boris Karloff one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the thirties. I, I, I don't know. That feels... It's been a long time. All right. I'm sorry. When you when you said reboot of the Mummy, I was thinking the Brendan Fraser movie no, from the nineties. Not talking about the Brendan Fraser movie. <laughs> there was also that. But this one, this one has Tom Cruise in it, and Russell Crowe is playing Doctor Jekyll. And you have the the um. The female villain from Kingsman is going to be the mummy. Oh yeah, that's right. So, um, I think this—I don't know—I don't know how I feel. I think I think Wonder Woman could potentially do um, two times number one against the mummy. I don't think Tom Cruise doesn't have the star power like he used to with that that whole like crazy Scientology controversy, and he's had a couple of crappers lately. I think Wonder Woman could go two weekends in a row. How do you guys feel about this? I agree. I mean, if there's if there's any positive buzz coming out of the opening weekend for Wonder Woman, I feel like Wonder Woman will will back to back firsts. I mean, I think the Mummy could end up tricking people to go see it just because they're like, oh, the Mummy, Brendan Fraser, you know, the older, I mean, not the older one, but like the you know the bad the one from the nineties, the nineties, yeah. I mean. I could bring people to watch it even because they don't know what they're getting themselves into. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I think Wonder Woman, if it has good reviews of that first weekend and people, you know, find it enjoyable and fun to watch, I, I think it'll definitely uh, overshadow the mummy. So. How do you and feel, I just, 
Oh, go ahead. I don't really have an opinion on it. I think that it's a classic franchise, and they're trying to start a quote-unquote cinematic universe, which is all the rage nowadays. Um, <laughs> well, Marvel's done it. Well, they're the only one to really do it successfully so far. Oh, that's that's the joke. <laughs> um, and even then, you know, I, I I do know more than a few people that are getting a little tired of Marvel movies. But, I don't know, it's all coming to a head now. But, I don't know. I mean, I really like classic movie monsters. The Mummy, if done well, could be kind of neat. But they're probably going to just make it a Tom Cruise action film. And it's going to have no soul whatsoever. But, I don't know. He'll probably run away from a lot of things. Probably run away from a lot of things. He'll probably (laughs) die a few times. Because, you know. He'll probably go, ah, like he does. (laughs) Yeah, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the bastard at that. Tom Cruise. He's really good at running, dude. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on. The week after that, we have everybody's favorite Pixar franchise, Cars, rounding out the Cars trilogy. Which I know we've we've talked about this all a lot, but I've been really looking forward. Never mind. I can't. So, Cars three is coming out. (laughs) Yeah, it'll do great as a Pixar film. It will. It will. It'll. That movie will make a lot of money because everybody everybody will take their children to go see it. The only thing Cars has ever done that's really like the the trailer for Cars three, like was this weird dark, like depiction of of the main what's his name Rusty? No, Um, Lightning McQueen. Lightning Lightning McQueen. That's it. Yeah, thank you. It's like this weird, dark depiction of him getting in this horrific crash, which is like a life-ending event for an actual driver. So, like, they're taking this in a strange direction just based on that. Like, and it didn't even say the name of the movie. It just showed him flipping, losing all of his pieces. And it's just like, this summer, everything changes. And I'm like, what is this movie? What are they actually trying to say with this? But I'm, ultimately, it will be a Cars movie, and it's it's I don't know that that's not my thing. Cute and innocent, and kids will love it. It'll yeah, it, I mean it will. As I stare at the piston cup toys on my floor, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids will love it. Yep, Pixar will make Disney money. That's what it does. So yeah, you that's. Know, about- I want to go on a rant about Cars, but if we don't have time, then I will. <laughs> Frank, I, you know what? I, I I love hearing your cars rants, but we can we can we, we can save that for another episode if we do have. I, I want to have like just one episode that is like a, a twenty minute podcast that is just the, the the Frank cars rant for for just twenty straight minutes, and that's the whole thing. No intro, no outro. Just he gets into it. That's what I want to hear. That's how I, I guess... like my podcast. You know, quick, concise, <laughs> to the point. I'm cars. having a hard time not just going into it now, so you better move on quick. So let's, yeah, so, let's move on. So for for our our real um, movie we're most excited about, I think I I can speak for all four of us right now and say that we're gonna go see Transformers the last night Thursday night showing. No, I, no, just skip it. Just skip. It's gonna make a billion dollars. Transformers make a lot of money. See it, and it's gonna be like garbage, and it's, it's not gonna make any sense at all. It's gonna be a busy. 
visually made <laughs> piece of garbage that's like 70% CGI, and Marky Mark's going to make an off-color joke, and there's probably going to be like implied weird sexual stuff like every other freaking Transformers movie. And oh no, Optimus is evil. Oh wait, no, he's good by the end. Moving on. Skip it, please. So what's the next one? Baby All right, well, there's the plot for so, Transformers The Last Night. So June 28th, um, doesn't look like anything super crazy is going to go on. Let's say we're going to have Transformers The Last Night be uh, number two, but Baby Driver is yes. um, an Edgar Wright film. Yeah, I, I saw a trailer for it. It looks interesting. I like Edgar Wright a lot. I think he's a very interesting filmmaker. And the plot revolves around this guy who's, um, I don't know, the trailer made it seem like something happened, so he has to listen to music. But when he listens to this music, he's like a really good driver. And, of course, he does illegal driving for crimes and stuff. And he meets this uh, this cute girl, uh, the girl who played Cinderella in the live-action Cinderella movie. He meets this girl and he doesn't want to do bad things anymore. So he wants to get out of it. And Kevin Spacey, the bad guy's like, oh, you can't get out of it. We're going to kill you. You know, it's it's it looks like a very familiar storyline. But Edgar Wright. Heartwarming tale of redemption are, and love. Yeah. But Edgar Wright's an interesting filmmaker, so this is a movie I'm going to keep my eye on. Like I said, Transformers is going to kill it at the box office, but I'll still I'll go out and support it. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to go see Baby Driver. That was I actually tweeted the the trailer when I I, I happened across it. I don't even remember what caused me to go watch that trailer, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, this is the movie I'm looking forward to probably the most. This well, not the most. It's it's up there. For for my for the summer movies I'm looking I, I'm definitely going to go see Baby Driver Edgar Wright I'm a hundred percent on board I, I I love him as a director he's got a very um he's got a very distinctive style just in like everything is very heavily stylized typically with his movies and, and the, they're they're always they're, they're always fun to watch so that's I, I I can't say enough good about Baby Driver I'm I'm hyped for that one cool I'm glad somebody else is as well so I didn't have to explain it too much. So moving on, uh, June 30th, we have Despicable Me 3, which that will also make uh, make a bazillion no, dollars. I don't think as, I don't know. I don't think it'll make a gazillion dollars. I think sure? it'll do well, but I don't think it's gonna. I think that that ship has sailed. As yeah. well. You don't you don't think kids love the Minions? I, I don't think they're going to be featured but... as well. And the Minions film itself, while it did okay, it didn't do as well as the previous Despicable Me film. Which I mean, I'm okay with that, but yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for Despicable Me three. I, I mean, I think I don't have any opinions about it. Well together, I'm sure that the other films uh, have been well done, but I, I, I don't think that it's going to do all that. Well. I think it'll I think probably it'll, be, no, it'll be it'll number make one that budget. weekend. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be number one that weekend, but Transformers will be hot on its tail. Tech, but I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. So, big one. Big one. Got a big one coming up. Spider-Man Homecoming on July 7th. That 4th of July weekend. Spider-Man Homecoming. How are we... I don't think we need an introduction for Spider-Man Homecoming. The name's pretty obvious. Spider-Man's coming home to Marvel. How do we feel about this? Yeah, for like two movies, and then it's going back. (laughs) That's that's uh, the sad truth. I think uh, it'll it'll do well because it's a Marvel film. And this one... They've already shown they've got Robert Downey Jr. and his Tony mm-hmm. Stark slash Iron Man. I'm sure people are going to go cuckoo bananas for this. Um, and to be fair, Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man was the best part of Civil War, which is an otherwise fairly 
uninspiring movie. No arguments here. Yeah, that that's actually what I was going to say, too, is uh, Spider-Man, people are excited about this specifically because how Spider-Man stole the show in Civil War. Um, it, it's it's going to be, that, that movie, I, I'm fairly confident, is going to be a, a fantastic movie. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be basically the epitome of what a summer blockbuster is. It's going to be a big movie, lots of action. Um, big budget. Big budget for sure. Yeah, for sure it's going to be a big Probably budget. the biggest budget of any of the movies coming out this summer. Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at the list, yeah, that, that sounds about right. I, I, I hope that this does well enough that it gives Sony the prerogative to continue working with Marvel in the future. Because, I, I mean, this movie has already generated more interest than Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2. And... I mean, Sp- Spider-Man One and Spider-Man Two are the only ones that Sony made that that really captured any anybody's imagination. That so I, 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 I'm hoping that this can kind of reignite that a little bit, and and maybe not only keep Sony in the fold with Marvel working together, but kind of open that door a little bit towards uh, the X-Men universe and uh, who's at Fox. At, yes. that, but honestly, man, like it just needs to. Uh, no, at this point, I don't, I don't think we need the X Men in the MCU. No, I think that I think that Marvel has moved on. They've already found ways to make sure that there's no new X Men characters ever made again. I, I don't think they care that they don't have the X Men anymore. Yeah, I mean, you're you you, you may be right about that, and that's well, definitely something we not can to get, get all nerdy on you. But at least as far as I'm aware, in the comics it's literally impossible for another mutant character to be created because of events in the comics. So they don't care anymore. They just, they're moving on yeah. and making a really awkward and humans uh, television show. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder if that's them trying to strong arm a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, they are. They're definitely strong arming. They hey, literally Fox wrote in a plot, uh, literally wrote a plot line into the comics. that says, Hey Fox, guess what? You'll never get new mutant characters because we made it to where they can't, make new ones. Yeah. So next up, the week after Spider-Man, we have War for the Planet of the Apes, which this is the movie I am most excited about. And now that I have actually seen like where it falls in the lineup, it kind of has me worried that Spider-Man's going to go, um, go two Spider-Man's for two. probably going to go two for two. But yeah. Which like I, the other Apes movies, they didn't really like do all that... I mean, they did okay. They made their money back back and mm-hmm. then some, but they were critically liked. They're actually quite clever, and they're they're well done films, and they're not mm-hmm. just prequels to the Charlton Heston original. With, although, they it is still a prequel to that. Um, they're smart movies. They're they're not what you think they would be. You think it would I, just be monkeys fighting dudes, but it's not. And I need I need to go back and watch those because you you guys have said a lot of really high things about the Planet of the Apes movies and I yeah. I, I I had wrote, written them off just in my own mind as exactly what you just said oh here's some dumb tale about a monkey well, group that fights a bunch is, of dudes the original film was pretty thought provoking and this channel's that this isn't going off the Marky Mark goofy Tim Burton one this is its own thing with cute references to the original movie but it's it's so far before it that it doesn't really matter and other than a cute little you know couple newsreels and some nods to things it's it's very good 
it, it's it's not you really don't know who to cheer for it's one of those movies where like yeah i should want humans to you know be successful but these apes man are just trying to live their lives it's really good and maybe matt can explain it better no and like i will it's yeah because um dawn was uh, was actually my favorite summer movie of 2014 i i really liked it and like frank said even though like there's a there's there's the antagonist and the protagonist like i like empathizing with both of them like i understand why the humans feel and react the way they do and then i understand like like frank said the apes are just trying to live out their lives and it shows that they're you know just as human as we are nobody like, acts irrationally which is like i said before just because it's a summer blockbuster doesn't mean it, has it needs to, to be, be stupid, stupid. Yeah. anyway moving on next moving one. on so yeah. we have Dunkirk, which is a Christopher Nolan flick coming out on July 21st, yes. which is uh, about the Battle of Dunkirk and in World War II. World War II. Uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, some of his movies may be a bit divisive, but they're always they're always and extremely well shot. They're yeah, the guy is a I've master filmmaker. I've always liked them. I actually I don't think there's a Christopher Nolan film I don't really like that I don't like. I, yeah. yeah, they've. I would say that I would agree with Joe on there. Like, there, I have issues with his with some of his movies, but I would never ever say any of his movies are bad films because that's no, just not true. Sometimes the plots get a little muddy, and there's a lot of oh, that's convenient. But they uh, ultimately are well put together films, and they deserve the attention they get. Sadly, though, I really don't think it's going to explode in the box office because it's not Batman. I, I I'm going to sadly agree. I think if it if it does pull out a uh, um, number one slot, it's not going to be anything crazy, and Spider Man is going to be right on its heels. And War for the Planet of the Apes. The week and War for the Planet of the Apes, which I, will I, do better than that. Yep. I I almost wonder if Dunkirk, the the way it's been kind of marketed a little bit, if if possibly, and not to say it's going to reach this level. I'm going to preface by saying that if it could kind of hit some kind of vein similar to what saving private ryan did where it didn't just get it didn't just get the the movie goers but it got the history buffs it got the war buffs I, he's it brings in a group real, that usually doesn't go to i don't know man like he's that. going for a really stylized yeah. yeah i don't think so dude it doesn't really look all that historically accurate to be honest with you other than the events themselves I, he's going for a heavily stylized version of it. If you watch the trailers, it's almost romantic. But yeah, anyway, I would, I would agree with Frank. Uh, I, I would love I, it. I would love it if it does good. But I'm just gonna. Me I'm too. Not gonna... But Saving Private Ryan was reasonably historically accurate. This yeah, and again, like it's not to say that it's going to to. I I think it could chip away at that vein, not necessarily be on the echelon with Saving Private Ryan because oh. I. I don't think anybody can say that. I'm sure it'll draw people who won't normally go to any of these other movies to the theater, but I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to pull people away from Spider-Man Homecoming or War for the Planet of the Apes. All right. Well, um the next movies we've got, go ahead, Matt. Atomic Blonde and the Emoji Movie come out July 28th. So Atomic <laughs> Blonde is has a Charlize Theron as Theron. Theron. <laughs> as an MI6 agent during the Cold War, 
trying to gosh, I had the synopsis. But it's she's it's essentially kind like of a, a spy thriller. Yeah, she's a female James Bond. I don't want to I don't want to simplify it that much, but yes, it's a spy thriller. It has James McAvoy. It lo- that's this movie also looks like heavily stylized and just looks like fun. Yeah, I felt like I saw a trailer for that and really enjoyed it. Uh, Then you have the Emoji movie. uh, (laughs) The the sad truth is there are a lot of kids that that recognize and love the emojis. Like, you you get emoji pillows, you get emoji... I, Close, I like, is that actually a real I, thing? Like, I, I wasn't I even going to criticize it. I was just going to move on because it speaks for itself. It's it's it's, it's going to make money with kids, hundred yep. percent. Yeah, but yep. I mean, it's going to beat out. It's going to beat out the probably superior atomic blonde. Sadly, you're probably right. Easily going to beat that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, next we have the Dark Tower. Which me and Frank were talking about this a little bit. I I know it's an adaptation of Stephen, King, Stephen novel. King Stephen King novel, but I'm not super familiar with the concept of. I think it will do reasonably well. It doesn't have a lot of competition. Um, I don't think it's going to break any records. I think it'll do well enough to get a sequel. I don't is, know. Is this the Idris Elba one? Yes, yeah. Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. I thought that trailer was fantastic. I'm I'm really looking forward. Well, I trailers are yeah. Well, yeah, trailers are the best of the movie, and and trailers can be misleading. But I mean, just based on that, based on well, talking about just metrics on uh, how well it's going to do. That's that's more what I'm talking. I think it'll do reasonably well. It's been anticipated for a long time. I'm a little curious to see if the general public's going to jump on it or not, but we'll see. Yeah. We're talking about it's not going to be like MTV trailers where they just put stuff in the trailer that's not even in the movie. What? <laughs> Moving on. We got, we're not going to... You know what? I'll just skip this one because who cares? It's yeah. a sequel to a movie nobody cares about. And let's go to August 25th. August well, 25th, Netflix is releasing Death Note. And Brent and I are huge fans of the anime. And too. this movie's probably yeah, going to so be garbage. Joe. Oh, Joe is too. It's yeah, probably going to be garbage because they rushed it out the door. And it looks really awkward. And it's Netflix. There's no way for us to gather metrics on it and say how well it's going to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It, it I'm 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 gonna watch it. You know, yeah, it, I, it I, exists. I I love I, I do enjoy the sh- the actual show Death Note. So, uh, I just thought it was irritating is that like I have friends that know I like Death Note and they like tell me about about it. They're like, oh my god, this is gonna be amazing. Like, you know, there's actually two other live action films of this already. It's like it's not, it's not new. Like, yeah, it I don't know. Whatever. There was actually a third uh, live-action one they made, too, that was yeah, kind we're not of... Yeah, we're going to talk about that one, though. Are you talking about the Life I of thought Owl? It... Yeah, I thought it was that's, fun. That's not it's not as good one. as the movie. It's not, not as good one. as... It's not as good as the first two. But, I mean, it's still starring one of the characters. Yeah. It exists. Yeah, it exists just like this movie that's coming out August 25th. <laughs> Come on, let's let's not compare this one with... with the, oh, let's not compare those two. That movie's not that bad. But... But here I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I mean, it could it could be okay. I I don't think it will be, but the it could. Opposite land. <laughs> Whoa! Throwing opposite, throw opposite land at me. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, Am I supposed to right, say? It well, too? that's 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 all we have to say about movies coming out. We probably talked a little too long about that. I think I think right. overall, my overall impression is that. These are a lot of movies that I will have forgotten about next year. So, 
I don't even remember half of them, and we just talked about them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the sad truth, is the only movie that, to me, I feel like may have some kind of resonance is Baby Driver. That's the only one that I'm like, man, this could be something something real cool. Other than that, I, I mean... You're right. They a lot of them, for the most part, are gonna are you know gonna be well, kind of May forgettable. May twenty eighteen, we'll be doing this podcast and make sure we're gonna ask Brent if he remembers any movies from last year. <laughs> He's gonna be like, I remember them all. Yep. They're if all, I don't they're say they're all really good. If Brent's I don't say scream, Baby Driver, Trans- then no, you're gonna say Transformers: The Last Night. Oh, yep. yep. You know what? I'm gonna start a rant. Just, just seriously, we gotta wrap it up. It's gonna be bad. I'm gonna get a. Right, Decepticon's tattoo on my left arm and an right. Autobots tattoo on my right arm. Dude, you like don't, the dual, you don't the dual have that nature yet? inside you. I already, I already have that, dude. Yeah, oh. No, that's the, yeah, that's that's the only one that sticks out to me is Baby Driver is something that I'll be thinking about beyond the summer. So I productive conversation. I always love talking to you guys, but you can find us on Brent uh Brent talked about our Twitch. What's the Twitch name again? Uh, Twitch.tv slash batteries fully charged. Right there. And then we're on Twitter at BF charged. And then you can, of course, always find us on batteriesfullycharged.com. And um, hopefully in the upcoming weeks, we can be on iTunes. Yeah, we'll be working on that. Um, just got to set that up. Cool. Yep. We have a few things we're, we're hoping to get put together here in the in the coming week. I have a long weekend, so I'm going to be doing some work myself. Very yeah, cool. I, I do as well, so I'll be able Very. to work on some stuff. I'm I also have a long weekend. Wow. How oh, fun! Is it because there's a holiday? No. Okay, you're right. They just really like me. Nice. <laughs> Knew it. Nailed it. First try. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Brent, Joe, and Frank, for taking time out of your evening to yeah. have a conversation with us. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.